0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. First of all i just want to introduce myself um, my name is leanne and i um, head up the children's ministry here at riverside um, i've been on staff for just over a year and i cannot believe how quick that year has gone but i've actually been involved with the children's ministry since um, 2021 so it's been quite a time um, lots of changes lots of children coming um, and it's been great um, By my other job, I'm a veterinary nurse and I have been qualified for 31 years. So (laughs) it's giving my age away a little bit. Um, But um, yeah, I, I love that part of the job. But we did have a bit of a battle on our hands at one point of me trying to get the time to do both because the children's ministry here was just getting so exciting and I wanted to do so much more. We decided that probably dropping a day at the vets would be a good idea to fit it all in. And the vets were like, no. And for about six months, I had this constant battle with them to try and get them to see the importance of doing the Riverside Children's Ministry. And eventually, answers to prayer and a lot of patience and a lot of support from everybody, they actually gave me that day off. And so for the last year, just over, that's what I've been doing on a Wednesday over here. Um, I also am a street pastor, so um, Friday nights um, I'm out walking the streets of Whitstable, um, bringing light into the darkness in our town. Um, We meet many homeless people, um, people that are a little bit worse for wear, um, that have been in the pubs, um, or lost, or just generally out wanting a chat. And there's um, a team that go out on a Friday night and we bring the light of Jesus into their lives. So looking at my who I am, obviously God has got a sense of humour because, as my gran always said, never work with children and animals. (laughs) And here I am. So (laughs) so our theme um, has been um, on light. So when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can meet here this morning. We thank you for Jesus being our light in our life, Lord. And I pray that you will open our hearts this morning, Lord, as we look at your word um, and as we think about Jesus as being the light of the world. Lord, will you be with us by your Holy Spirit? Amen. So when Jesus said about being the light of the world, what was he saying? What did he actually mean? Well, we can all have our own ideas about that. But he's, he was there at the start of creation. He was there from the word go. And light was important. Light was the first thing that God created. So he knew it was important. And Jesus, um, when he said that he was the light of the world, he was just enforcing that he has got a relationship with the Father, a good, solid relationship with the Father. He is the light of the world. And um, he also shows us that who the Father is and also who we are, when how God sees us and how God sees other people. If we live in darkness all the time, We have a real limited capacity to see who we are and how much God views us and how much God loves us. But Jesus, being the light of the world, can reveal that to us about how much the Father loves. Without Jesus, we become inward-looking, we become very self-centered, we become very selfish. We look at our own circumstances all the time and think that they are more important than anything else, but actually, what Jesus does is he reveals to us how much God is for us and how much God loves other people. And out of that, what we do then has more impact because we are doing it out of God's love. And we start to see that we have the life and love of Jesus. Okay. So, in the Kingfishers and the Dragonflies, um, this last term, we have been looking at the theme, Encounters with Jesus, and it is basically just that. We've been looking at um, characters in the Bible, people in the Bible that have actually encountered Jesus, and what their reaction and their story was to that. So, um, it's been a great delight for myself and for the team to see how the children have got stuck in and had their little revelations of like, oh. They reacted slightly differently to how I thought they would have reacted. But they've really, really got stuck in and it's been a real joy to see that. One of the characters we looked at was the Samaritan woman. Um, and we, we kind of all know the story and if you haven't seen Keeley's um, preach on it, then I suggest you go back and look at it, it was great. But, so the Samaritan woman, she um, came up in the middle of the day to the well now, she was an outcast of society. She was frowned upon, not liked very much, a bit of an out, a, a stowaway, an out, outcast. And she was coming up to the well in the middle of the day because she didn't want to bump into everybody. She didn't want to be seen. She didn't want to be known that she was there, but she needed to get some water. However, Jesus knew she was going because Jesus knew about her. And he was waiting for her there and he met with her. And instead of condemning her and telling her off and pointing out all the wrong things about her life, he showed her love. He showed her the love of God that um, she deserved. And he basically just sat there and talked to her and eventually she saw the light. She saw the light that her life could completely change. It could be completely different if she followed Jesus. So she got up and she skipped and danced all the way back to the town, shouting at the top of her voice how happy she was that she'd met this man Jesus and he had told her that her life could change and that is exactly what she wanted to do. She had seen the light in Jesus and her life was miraculously changed. And Nicodemus, he was another character that we looked at not so long ago um, in the Kingfishers and the Dragonflies. And we thought about how he believed that um, being an intelligent man, that knowledge and doing things was the way to God, is the way to get into heaven. And that's what he believed. But he'd heard about Jesus and he decided, actually, I wanna go and see what this man's all about. So he did, he met with Jesus and Jesus showed him the light that actually following Jesus, was the way to heaven. He saw the light and he changed his life. So how does that affect us? Well, our children have also had encounters with Jesus. And um, they probably think, have we? But they have. And we do a thing once a month called the pray ground, where we all come together, um, in the kingfishes and dragonflies, and we have various things in the church that we pray for and we've seen God move in so many ways where he has shown them answers to prayer he's revealed his love and his listening and his hearing and doing and being active in their faith throughout our prayer grounds. so things that we've prayed for I could go on forever but some of the highlights i think one of the highlights for the children in um, the kingfishers was we wanted to move into a larger room so we had more space to run around and to be who we wanted to be and so we prayed that we would have a bigger room well you can't just put a bigger room in a building when the building's already here. So it was a bit like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we'll pray. So we had a pile of stacking bricks, we had some diggers. We rolled the diggers along the floor. They knocked the stacking bricks over and we prayed, God, give us a bigger room. And within two weeks, room six and seven became room six, seven. They knocked the wall down and we've got a bigger room. And their answer was to their prayer. And when we went in that room, their little faces, even now, they sit in a line along the gap where the wall was. And they said, God really knocked this down, didn't he? And it's like, uh, yeah, he did, (laughs) which is great. We've prayed for Tina. Now, most of us know who Tina is. She's out on the mission field at the moment on a boat, um, enjoying life most of the time. Some days are difficult, but she keeps in contact with us. And we've been praying for her as she's journeyed around on her ship, on the ship. And one of the things that she was really frightened about and worried about was being seasick. She doesn't travel very well. She made that perfectly clear when she left, like, I don't travel well. I feel really rubbish when I'm on a boat, in a car, wherever. And the children get the parachute and we shake it up and down and we shout out, God don't give her travel sickness, keep her tummy flat, don't make her sick. And we go on like this for about three, five minutes and my arms are aching, but the children just wanna keep going and keep going. And he does answer their prayers. She hasn't had an ounce of travel sickness since she's traveled on this boat, which has been absolutely fantastic. If you wanna hear anything else that God has done in the playground, or you want to join the team and find out for yourself, come and see me afterwards because I would love to share with you or find some of our children and ask them because they would be lovely to share with you as well. But sometimes we do struggle with seeing Jesus in area of, of our lives or showing the love of Jesus to others. What happens? Does he leave us? Does he say, right, you're there now, that's it? get on with it no he doesn't he comes back time and time again he's always there watching over us and being there for us and it's a promise so I love anything to do with the sky I am fascinated by it I love the moon I love the sun I love the stars I love planets if I hear of anything celestial that's happening I am the first one there to be like yeah I want to see this this eclipse or whatever it is. Last night, there was a lunar eclipse. It was a partial one. I saw a bit of it, a partial bit, um, but there was a lot of clouds. And that's normally what happens is that there's clouds in the way or it is late at night and I'm tired and I fall asleep and I miss the whole thing, but never mind. The thrill is there to, to go and watch it. I've got that desire to go and see So, who can tell me what happened on the 11th of August, 1999? Anyone? Anyone? Solar eclipse. It was a total solar eclipse viewed in Cornwall, I have to say. But there was a partial eclipse and a substantial part of it in England, in Whitstable. And so, I was really excited about this. As soon as I found out about it, I was trying to go and buy all of the things that you need to look at an eclipse safely from Walworths, because we didn't go online at that point. So yes, if anyone remembers Walworth that's where we went. And I got my son, Jacob, get really excited about this, because when you're a four-year-old, if your mum's excited, you know it's worth getting exciting about. So there we were, 11 o'clock in the morning, outside in the garden. I had a white sheet of paper on the floor, which I've got no idea what the significance of that was, but it was there. We both had our special glasses on that meant we could look at the sun safely, although I'm not quite sure that that was true. But we did, Oh well, we had them on. And we sat there in the garden and we had a packet of Jaffa cakes because I wanted to do the whole moon, half moon, (laughs) gone moon for a bit of fun and I thought that'd do. And we sat and we waited and we waited and I was watching my watch and waiting. And then the phone went. Now we didn't have a mobile phone, it was the phone indoors. So I was like, oh, got up, went indoors. Hello, (laughs) blah, 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 I came outside about 10, 15 minutes later and I'd missed it. I'd missed it. I had missed the eclipse. What had happened was Jacob had put his glasses on and he was running around the garden like a superhero with his superpower glasses, having a whale of a time. So it wasn't all wasted. But yeah, I'd missed it. So that was a real shame. But why am I talking about the solar, e- solar eclipse? Why am I talking about a total solar eclipse this morning? Well, let's have a look At what one is and what it does and how it affects light. Look at that, I got it to work. I was worrying about that. Okay, so a solar eclipse happens when the moon passes between the earth and the sun. So that is our sun. I am the earth. This 5P is the moon. Okay, it's not to scale, (laughs) I know. But it was the best I could do. (laughs) Okay, so what happens is the Moon comes around the Sun, it gets very, very close to the Earth, and then it forms an eclipse, and then it carries on on its merry way. It only happens for a few moments at any one time, and it'll only happen in a certain point of the Earth for a period of time. But other areas might see a glimpse of it, just a partial bit of it, so sort of a half half moon, half sun. Okay, The moon is about 400 times smaller than the diameter of the sun. So it's a lot, lot smaller. And the sun is about 400 times the distance that the moon is from the Earth. So there's huge gaps. I'm not going to go into the meters and dimensions because that's way too complicated. But you get the idea, okay? And it can only be seen from a very small portion of the earth for a very precise alignment, and it will only last for a few minutes. But how does this help us think about Jesus being the light? None of us have got a good heart in any natural state. We all fall short. We're all self-centred. We're all self-driven without Jesus, we come to our end of ourselves and we become overwhelmed by natural darkness that can happen in our own lives. And Jesus came so that we would experience by the power of the Holy Spirit and know God's loving embrace and relationship with us through him. And he would shed the light on our darkness. So just like the moon can block out the sun's light from us and form a shadow over the earth, sometimes things get in our way of how we view Jesus and that can form a shadow in our heart or over us. We've all heard that phrase, I feel heavy hearted. And that's what I'm referring to now. So what things block out Jesus in your life? What things get in the way? What causes a shadow over you? Okay, there's all sorts of things that can impact us. There's things like relationships. They could be a good relationship that actually distracts you so much from Jesus that you don't go to life group or you don't go to church on a Sunday morning or you don't go to a prayer meeting. Or it might be a relationship that's not healthy or not good for you. Things like mental health, anxiety. That's a big one these days that can just get in the way of who Jesus is and can block your view of how great he is. Shame. Habits. Habits is a, is a one that sneaks in slowly and then it becomes an addiction things like disappointments we've all had disappointments but do you hold that against your view of Jesus does that make you view him less in your life we can easily get distracted from him by all of these things and there's plenty of other things out there that can distract us and they just creep (coughs) in to our hearts and into our minds and into our lives and before we know it We've lost the sight of who Jesus is and how great he is. We again become inward looking, we become detached from him. We become detached from ourselves and from our church family. We become eclipsed from his light by circumstances. We become eclipsed from his light by our circumstances. So How can we stop ourselves allowing things to get in the way of our light, of the light of Jesus? So just like the moon gives the impression when it's eclipsing the sun, that it's the same size of the sun, if not bigger, because it's blocking it out from our view, we can so easily think that our situations and circumstances in our lives are bigger than Jesus. And the reason for that is because they feel closer when actually, they're not bigger, they just feel closer. And actually, there's another phrase in the Bible as well that says that Jesus, his yoke is light. And actually, he can take that burden as well. So, how can we keep trusting and seeing that Jesus is bigger and brighter than our eclipse. How can we do that? How do we we even start? When you think your circumstance is bigger than Jesus, how can you begin to think that Jesus is bigger than that when everything feels so close and you feel so hemmed in? Firstly, remember God never leaves you. He never leaves you. He's always there. He might feel a long way away and it might feel that you can't see him but he never leaves you, ever. He's always there for you, he's for you and he's with you. It's really good that we have life groups in this church because there are people there that can support you and help you through your eclipse. It may be that they have been through that total eclipse and come out the other side. Or it may be that they are standing in Whitstable and just got a partial eclipse and you're standing in Cornwall and you've got the whole eclipse. But they can still see Jesus for you and help you to just realign your vision of him. Think about Melinda in that video and Cap. There's support. We are so, so blessed in this country that there are so many support groups out there. But we just have to get rid of the eclipse of pride. We have to let pride move on so that we can see the light. And perhaps that means that you need to get support from another group or somewhere like CAP. Okay, but we do have, you know, there's groups that meet here. So if you that that is something that would help you have a look on the reception desk there are some leaflets out there that might be able to to help you with an eclipse that you're going through and just remember that it only happens for a small period of time it might feel like forever but eclipses move on you just have to trust God in that and as I say life group or a friend who you trust is someone who can really help you through And there might be someone that you're sitting here thinking, oh, I know they're struggling. I don't really know what to do. I don't know why they feel like they do. I don't understand why they feel like they do. But actually, you could just come alongside them, come and support them in their eclipse. So have a think, who could you help? Who could you support in the shadow and reveal to them the light? Jesus gives us the vision to see who we are in him. He gives us that vision to see who we are in him. Only the light of the world can show us exactly that. We can have each other to help us, but only Jesus, the light of the world, can help us see that for fullness. And we're not just, when we're told we're following Jesus, we're not just tagging along like that two-year-old in the high street. Oh, I don't want to go. We're not tagging along. We're following. Following is a choice. That's a choice that you have to make. It's your decision. Are you going to follow or are you just going to stand there and let that eclipse remain? So each day the sun rises, it comes up, it warms, it illuminates, it provides growth to the earth. The moon and the stars give um, direction and navigations were happening way beyond mobile phones and GPS or whatever it's called and satellites and that kind of thing. And we reach for the light switch, don't we? As soon as we go into the room, what's the first thing we do? If it's dark, you switch on the light and the light just, boosh, is there, it's everywhere and every crack and crevice in that room It's everywhere. And we do need that, we do need that, but... What about Jesus? Does he enter every part of your life? Does he show up in every part of your life? Do you reveal him to others in every part of your life? That is the thought, isn't it? That is the challenge. Why don't you try and let Jesus be the centre stage, be the light of your life? Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable then visit our website at riversideuk.org Also you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at wit riverside.